Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. All right. Today we're talking about, this might be one of my favorites in terms of like alternate reality style thing. It is definitely what got me really like heavily back into comics like i had always been into comic books but i really started like my heavy heavy collecting and Mm. backlogging and cataloging with this event and we're today we're talking about flashpoint by jeff by jeff johns it came out in 2011 it ran for five issues but there are a ton of side issues flashpoint mm-hmm. has a whole world and then recently i think they came out with another flashpoint it's called flashpoint beyond dealing oh. with some of the ramifications of it and thomas wayne is back in it it's all kinds of it's <laughs> yeah it's elaborate and exciting and amazing and fun i really love flashpoint because what was interesting about about it is it set up the new 52 oh that's right yeah i forgot about that yeah it set up the new 52 which remained for a few years until dc rebirth a few years ago came in and so it's something that comics do plenty of times they come in they're like we need a fresh start let's do a hard (laughs) reset edit undo some things edit redo some things and it's going to be great. But one thing remains throughout every DC universe. Jason Todd gets beat to death with a crowbar by the Joker. That just has to happen no matter what. And it just, you hate to see Sad. it. You hate to see it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, this is, the, it's, uh, I love it. Because the Flash, uh, he has this thing that he can't stop doing. <laughs> I think we've complained about in, in I swear, 25% of our episodes. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. And this one is no different, but what's interesting about it is he doesn't realize it's him until yeah. the very end. It's like, oh, I did this. Uh, and it yeah. just... So he can't help but travel in time and mess up the timeline somehow. Right. And but it makes you it makes you think about all those times that where you've been upset with someone else about mm. something and then you realize like halfway through it and it's super embarrassing. You're like, oh, I did this. I was upset <laughs> about that. I was upset at that guy for doing it, but I'm pretty sure I did this. Right. It's just. And but that happens at the end of this. But we'll we will we will get there. <laughs> We will get there. So Barry Allen is much like Batman. He is a forensic scientist, right? He's a (laughs) forensic scientist. He's haunted by the 
unsolved murder of his mom and his dad is imprisoned because of it. And so he he already has a lot of his own issues. And one thing that sticks out to me about The Flash that's really interesting is even though he's very, very happy-go-lucky, mm. he has a lot of introvert in him. He, I, I, I really feel like he, he has this this way where he's really it's almost like all that happiness on the mm-hmm. outside's a little bit of facade it's mm-hmm. a little bit of facade and he actually has some some darkness and a little bit of brooding in him just like oh, our boy, just like you. our boy so so introvert versus extrovert that's one of those like hard to pin down things so so introvert extrovert tends to have to do with like where your energy comes from Mm-hmm. So, so he does come off very extrovert, and I, I agree with you. He probably has a little bit more introvert than is first obvious. So extroverts, they get a lot of their en- energizing, their 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 energy from being around people and connecting. And on the introvert side, there's more kind of internal exploration. Being around people can actually be exhausting or take away your energy, and you need time to yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot of us with a blend somewhere in between. But I totally get what you're talking about here where he he does. He comes off as this extrovert. He's very personable. Um very so so him and Bruce Wayne tend to get along really well because they, they both analyze things and are very forensic-y about stuff and there's some really cool storylines with them together because of that. But yeah, they're totally different in terms of how they come off. But Barry Allen, you're right. He totally does have a lot of this same inner turmoil. It just, on the surface, looks really different from Bruce Wayne. Well, one thing that I think Batman really likes about The Flash is how The Flash just never gives up on his own villains. Like, The Flash Mm. really sticks out in DC next to Batman as far as having a rogues gallery of villains that he's constantly refighting he has a whole set of them but what's interesting about him is he strangely gets along with them like it's like oh (laughs) what are you what are you doing here man like come on like all right how are we doing this go back to jail and do better i'll be waiting on the outside when you get out like he (laughs) he strangely gets along with a lot of his villains and his villains have like a moral code it's it's mm. very interesting like captain cole and all those guys like they they're not the worst they're 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 not the worst like they're not constantly making plans to kill hundreds of people like batman villains are they yeah it, it helps when that's not your goal yeah they're just trying to get rich quick like that's their <laughs> that's their scheme they they're trying to get rich quick but they have like gimmicks right but flash really does like never really give up on him uh there was an episode of justice league where the flash catches trickster and trickster's just kind of down on his luck and he's like hey man you're off your meds again Mm. get back on your meds and you're gonna be just fine okay go turn yourself in and i'll come by and he actually says i'll come by like the the hospital later on and play some games with you like, That's awesome. Yeah, like Flash is just he's he's a really like Central City's a very hopeful place and it's because yeah. the the Flash is a very hopeful guy and ba- and Batman whenever they interact you can tell Batman actually really looks up 
like looks up to that because he's defended him before whenever other justice league was like oh so corny and stuff like that batman's like <laughs> you you just don't get it you just you just don't <laughs> get it like it's it's great but this one this this one and that's what makes this one really interesting because the flash is really like a fish out of water in this world and he has yeah. no idea what is going on because i mean so he, every- i mean he literally just wakes up yeah. And life is different. And in fact, I, I love actually how this comic kind of puts you in his shoes because you start reading it and you feel like you've missed something. Yes. Yes. I honestly, when I was rereading it before we got ready to record, I was like, did I skip a page? No, Me I too. didn't. This is exactly, it just, it, it's genius. Yeah. It just jumps, jumps right in, which is great because we always see how quick things change back whenever we Mm. deal with time travel, but we never see how quick it changes to this and why it changed to it. And so I really love the way that they did it. But first thing that is strange is that his mom is alive. His mom is alive. His dad died from a heart attack, which I'm not going to lie. I got serious Superman vibes. Ah, mm-hmm. from that but yeah his mom is alive and well and they do something interesting in this where slowly his memories shift to this new universe it's very back to the future yeah kind of like how for those of you that have watched that you know how the picture of his siblings they slowly disappear it's the, kind of the same thing with his memories they slowly start shifting to this new reality yeah. which is kind of like all right, let's take some artistic license. Uh, <laughs> like, why Why would it take so long to reboot? But it is kind of cool because you you get to see that disjointedness, but then you also kind of gather all these different memories that happened over the years. Yeah, and there's all these changes. Like, you find out that Captain Cold is mm. a hero of, instead of a quote. villain. Hero a quote. Quotes. Yeah, a quote unquote yeah. hero because he's he's probably not so much a hero on the sly is what a number of people are suggesting. Right. So yeah, you have Captain Cold's a hero. The Justice League was never established. Mm-hmm. Superman is oh not, man, <laughs> not around. Superman's messed up. Yeah, he is. And then, well, before I get to Batman, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they are having a little spat that is currently destroying the world. So this is something that I always think about because whenever there's big Justice League stories, whenever the Justice League is fighting against like the government or if Amanda Waller is trying to check out the Justice League, her biggest fear is that all of these people might one day turn their sights Mm -hmm. against Earth. And that's what happened in this, because for what I, I think it, it, it gets explained more in the side stories. But yep. basically, Wonder Woman and Aquaman were together, and then there was a nasty breakup, and then Aquaman got with his, his wife, but mm-hmm. then Wonder Woman cut off her head, and now... Well, I think that, didn't they have like an affair, and then his wife caught them? Yeah, it was something like that. It was it's... something like that. Clearly, okay, there are a lot of side stories. We did not have a chance to reread all of them. But but they're all good. At the end, (laughs) yeah, they're all good. And there's Batman one, which you definitely should check out. Uh, 
But yeah, it's essentially a lover's spat kind of thing that, okay, granted, ended in <laughs> his wife being beheaded, which is, right. you know, uh, not great. Um, that that feel, felt a little like, really? Do you have to make this like a lover's spat kind of thing? It seems right. a little... Right. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> but their war is destroying the world because Aquaman yeah. basically sunk Europe underwater. And then Wonder Woman and all of the Mascarans, they're all, mm -hmm. they all took over the UK, yep. right? And they and, killed millions, I think, in doing so. Yes, a lot of people died. A lot of people died, and it's just civil unrest all over the world because all the heroes and even the villains that are left over on the side from this are all kind of forming little factions trying to fight against them and it just makes me it makes me kind of think about how you'll have small spats whether it's with like friends or family or whoever but when something catastrophic happens mm. nothing it, it's weird how it will bring people together yeah you know there there's like really cool there's tons of different psychology experiments and things that they they've done looking at essentially the us versus them mentalities that can kind of build up. Like you were talking about, okay, there are little spats. Um, but a lot of times if you still kind of see yourself as on, on the same side or in the same group as someone else, a lot of times that helps you overcome things versus if that spat is between you and someone that you see as an other or someone different than you or whatever that situation is, makes it seem like you guys are in separate groups from each other right and so it, it is really cool they actually um there's this there's this study that uh well this experiment that they did um way back and i wish i could like meet one of the one of the little boys that was in this so they essentially took all these little kids and they uh sent them to camp that i guess was run by a bunch of experimenters i don't know these are like the stuff of nightmares i guess but um so they put them into two different groups and all they did was randomly assign them to i think it was like red and blue camps but they kept having them compete and through those competitions things started getting ugly like they were bullying each other and being really mean and all this stuff but then they started purposely breaking things down at the camp that they couldn't fix unless the teams work together. And oh. so it's kind of like what you're talking about, where you have to have this bigger thing, bigger than you in that situation, where all of a sudden you're on the same team. Yeah. Like, and I, then that helps yeah. you kind of bridge. Yeah. That, and that's, but yeah, that's essentially what's going, what's going on here. It's like, I was, I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but I said, if we're ever to have world peace, it's really going to take aliens. Yeah, it's going to take an alien invasion. <laughs> it's going to take an alien invasion. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's the only, that's that's it. It's going to take all. Independence Day. It's going to take Independence Day. Ooh. Um, Write it down. Gonna, now we got to talk about Independence Day. We, we're going to have to talk <laughs> about that at some point. But yeah, that's what it would take. And that's what's going on because it's, it, essentially they, they're going to destroy the world with this war. That they're, that they're having. And Aquaman's like, I don't care if everything's underwater. That's what I like anyway. And and so <laughs> and Wonder Woman's just 
pissed. Like she's just angry. I. She's like I, I even wearing the the, the yes. crown. Yes. Yeah. She's wearing she yeah she's wearing the crown of Aquaman's wife that she beheaded, and she Ugh, and, and he, brutal. Yeah, because at one point he gets pissed. He's like, "You're wearing it as a trophy," and she's like, "It's not a trophy. It's a warning. Like, don't mess with me." And which, by the way, are those different? I don't know. I I feel like it. It's the. <laughs> it's a little, it's yeah, it's it's a weird flex, right? Like there's <laughs> you could like I think being Wonder Woman is enough of a warning, right? Like you don't need I would to think so. right. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> the fact that you're known as as Wonder Woman is probably enough. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you Yeah, you don't need you don't need that. That's you you knew what you were doing there. That was petty. I love yeah. it, but it was petty. <laughs> um but yeah, so all of these heroes and villains are just like, we're, we got to figure something out. But most of them, the reason they don't join is because they honestly don't believe they can win. Yeah. But there is one person that if they were to join, they would follow. Of course. And it's our guy, Batman. He's a little bit different, right? Yep. This Batman is none other than. Thomas Wayne, because in this universe, instead of him and Martha dying in the alley, it was Martha, it was it was Bruce. Yep. It was Bruce that died in the alley. And they don't go into it in the in in this particular flashpoint comic, but there's a side story all about Thomas Wayne's Batman, and you find out that this universe's Joker is Martha Wayne, who was driven to become the Joker from the shock of seeing mm-hmm. Bruce die. And this Batman is a lot like uh he's a little bit he has some more a little bit more Frank Castle in him. He does not mind He's got a lot more Frank Castle <laughs> in him. <laughs> he, he has more Frank Castle than Batman in him. Uh, he he does so, not mind killing people. In fact he enjoys it. So so potentially one of my favorite parts of the storyline is Cyborg. So Cyborg's essentially trying to pull all these people together, get Batman on board so everyone else is on board so they can try and find a way to stop all this, save the world. And so Batman has caught one of the Joker's minions and essentially drops her off of a roof and Cyborg catches her and then goes to talk to Batman. And Batman's essentially like, how did you know where I would be? And instead of it being any of these complicated things, Cyborg essentially said, well, essentially he says, you drop every criminal you find off of this roof so that they will essentially fall to their deaths into Crime Alley. Yeah. (laughs) He's freaking brutal. Yeah, he is. He drops them all off the roof in the same spot. And then he goes, it works. It's a long way down. (laughs) He is freaking brutal he's brutal he has like this constant like forever five o'clock shadow uh yeah yeah, he but yeah dr thomas wayne and it that's who flat uh barry allen goes to immediately because he's like i have no idea what's going on in this universe let me go find batman and he goes to the bat cave and then he convinces thomas wayne that he's not crazy, right? He tells him about the other time 
Thomas Wayne doesn't trust it at all until he drops that in his time, Bruce is still alive. And it's really interesting because at that point, when he says that, Thomas Wayne doesn't care about anything else. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, if there is a world where my son is still alive, I will move mountains to get you there. And it it just makes you go from, God, this guy's unhinged to feeling so much for him. Like, you, you almost yeah. fall in love with the character right then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it is very interesting because it is a lot to take in. Okay, so you're from an alternate reality where everything is different, but there's not really any proof of any of that. And how do you even come up with proof for that? It, it's a it's a very it's a very cool way that they pull Thomas Wayne into this because yeah it, essentially the re- very reason he is so brutal is the same reason that he's willing to desperately believe in the potential of this alternate reality and if there's any chance that this could be true and you know he's Batman he's seen a lot of stuff <laughs> so there's a lot of things out there that that you never know. So if there's a possibility that this is true, I'm going along for the ride until there's something that tells me it's not possible. And so, yeah, he's yeah. he's on board from that point on. Yeah. And then something something funny happens. So the Flash's arch nemesis is Eobard Thawne, a.k.a. the Reverse Flash, which, great name, great name. He exists to just mess with Barry, just, just to screw with him. Because the thing is, so... Eobon Thawne's story is that he can't kill, he he doesn't want to kill the Flash because the Flash essentially is the one that gave him his powers. Without the Flash, his powers wouldn't exist because basically mm. his negative speed force feeds off of Barry's speed force. But Barry is trying to prove to Batman that he's the Flash, so he ejects his suit from his ring and it's reverse Flash's costume. And so Flash immediately thinks, uh, he's the one that did this. He's the one that changed everything. We have to figure out how to stop him. And I I just laugh I, I laughed by the time I got to the end of it because reverse flash, like, there are some people that just exist for the sole sake of ruining your day. <laughs> Like, there are people that are just like that, right? Like the- You know, I thought you were talking about written into comics, but now I'm realizing you're just saying, no, in reality, there are people literally No, just yes, absolutely. No, no, we're not even talking about Eobard Thawne. But I think that everybody at some point in their life has an Eobard Thawne, right? Like, they just do. They just do. I remember there was, I was in elementary school one time, and someone just came over and knock my milk on the floor. For no reason? For no reason. No reason at all. Just knocked it on the floor. But, of course, at that point, I was not mature, and it turned into a whole thing, because I was eight, right? Like, whatever. I was eight, and come on. But looking back on it, they did it just to get a rise out of me. And some people exist to just want to ruin your day. Some people exist to be your reverse flash. And 
<laughs> so psychologically, let's step back a little bit from from Keaton and and uh, the spilled milk. It was chocolate milk. Oh, I'm sorry. And it was when it came in the carton because there was a weird period where they came in bags. And then it went. Yeah, back the bags in freaked me out. I don't understand yeah, that. The cartons were the way to go. Now yeah. they're back in cartons, but anyway. <laughs> so there's there's. Not really, I mean, think about all the effort it would take to be a person who literally is just out to get another person. It's very low likelihood that 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 is the extreme that is happening in most cases. But there's this unfortunate thing about us being people. I think the Germans say it best. And this is not a, to my knowledge, it's not a psychological term. It's definitely a German term. Um, If anyone has uh, watched Avenue Q, you might be aware of schadenfreude. Mm Mm-hmm. So essentially, sometimes when you don't feel good, it can kind of feel good to see other people suffer <laughs> or struggle. It's I yeah, I don't I don't know too much in depth about where that might come from in the brain, but kind of like at it, least I'm not that guy kind of thing. Yeah, you know, we naturally compare ourselves to some of it might just be that that comparison piece of which happens, right? Oh man, at least I'm not as bad off as this other person, which sometimes is said maliciously, other times not at all. And and helps us just be appreciative of what we have because we're aware of, oh wow, here here's how things could be. Um but yeah, sometimes that can tilt into um maybe we're a little mean to someone and we see that it hurts their feelings and we feel a little good about it. Yeah. Most of us can understand that feeling. Not all of us go to the point of, say, tossing the milk carton on the floor um, or, you know, literally being someone's arch nemesis like right. happens in the comics. But it is a, it's a common thing about us as human beings. Right. But that, but that also goes into just letting stuff go. Because for like the next mm. 10 years, I did not like this purse. <laughs> <laughs> milk was 45 cents. For 45 cents, it could have saved me 10 years worth of anger towards this person. Like, in hindsight, like, I I should have been better, right? In hindsight, I should have been better, but, yeah, I, it, it's, it's one of those things. And, but, that's, that is Eobard Thawne, and I could, we're going to come back to him, because he is a character of of his own when it comes to how he's messed with Barry throughout mm. his life. He's the by far the pettiest villain on earth. Like I I've never I cannot think of a single villain as petty as reverse flash. Mm. But like I said, Batman at this point is just like hell bent and driven like I'm gonna do everything I can if this guy's telling the truth to help him do whatever he needs to do to fix this and catch this reverse Flash guy. And the first thing Flash says is, I need to get my speed back. And it gets a little weird because, of course, he douses himself in chemicals and he's like, oh, I know how to do this. I'm going to take an electric chair, put it on the roof, put a lightning rod to it, and just get struck by lightning. That's And Batman's like, okay. Right. And this is... At this point, it, it just made me think, sometimes you people go overboard to try and reach their goals. <laughs> this is actually very true. I would right? agree as a psychologist. Right. <laughs> because not only is Batman completely fine with it, it doesn't work the first time. 
And he lets Ugh. him go back up there and do it a second time. And he's he's got severe burns over, what was it, 75% of his body? 75% of his body. Third degree burns. He's barely alive. He's barely alive. And he goes, I'm going back up. And Batman's like, okay. I mean, if you're sure. Cool. Anything <laughs> to get Bruce back. But it, it did make me think about like how there are limits. Like If you're trying mm-hmm. to reach goals, at a certain point, it's like, okay, it might be time to tap out. Right, because it's true, yeah. Yeah, it might be time to tap out because he, you're watching this person purposely get struck by lightning. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be a hero. Granted, he never once refers to himself as Thomas Wayne. Never once refers to himself as a hero, but he had no issue with this yep. person doing this because he had such fierce tunnel vision yep. on this future you know that actually hits on something that very interesting that comes up in in therapy where really the most helpful therapy comes when there's some sort of goal or things that you're reaching for because it kind of gives some sort of target mm-hmm. and it can be tricky so especially especially when it comes to like more severe or chronic issues, there can be really significant limitations on a person's ability to achieve things that they may want to achieve. But at the same time, you don't want to inadvertently limit people or discourage people when life surprises you. I mean, the flash, he gets struck by lightning the second time and he gets his powers back and he's zipping around just fine. And so it it's a very important thing for therapists to constantly be checking in with themselves and checking in with their clients about as they go through therapy, which is essentially, what are you aiming for? And let's let's just continuously look at observations and data coming up about where where are you at with this? What seems achievable? What doesn't seem achievable? How do we make this as feasible for you as possible but then how do we also take in information that might suggest that hey we all have limits and how do we adjust based on those limits and kind of shift our goals when we need to but yeah goals need limits and (laughs) and it's but it's tricky it's tricky to know where those are yeah and i guess and honestly i think it's very dependent on what it is that you are trying to accomplish because outside looking in watching someone being struck by lightning twice because they claim they're the yeah. fastest person on the planet. <laughs> okay, but but think about the context of this world, though. This is also a world where you literally have a man from the sea and a woman from, from like, a goddess island fighting over the world. So at this yeah. point, a guy getting struck by lightning a few times sure, why not? might seem pretty small. <laughs> sure, why not? Especially because... Uh, Shazam exists in this universe. I think his name in this mm-hmm. is, uh, was it Captain Thunder? Something like that. Yeah, but he, he exists in this universe. And so, yeah, I mean, there's lots of lightning bolts surrounding him. So, <laughs> But it's also, it's like the coolest part in the comic to me when Flash does get his powers back because he gets struck by lightning the second time and you see, like, the lightning bolts in his eyes. It's like, oh, snap! And Batman has fallen off the roof and he's about to fall on some sharp guardrails because that's convenient. And the Flash immediately catches him. So it's such an epic, epic moment. And at that point, too, 
it kind of makes Thomas Wayne trust Barry even more because it's like, oh, you really are super fast. Like this is, yeah. this actually might be a thing. And so he even goes along with them even more at that point, I think. Yeah. Now, now there's some semblance of some proof. Right. Okay. So you were able to, per your word, re essentially repower yourself. And okay, this is this is lining up with what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course they hook up with Cyborg. They try and find Superman, who in this universe is very cool. He lands in Metropolis, mm-hmm. and it the rocket lands and it kills like thousands and thousands of people when the rocket lands. But the government covers it up and claims it was a terrorist attack, and they keep him under, like, underground, under a red beam to a, like, he's, like, string being skinny and super pale. He looks, yeah, he looks really, really strange. Uh, and they break him out, and it's the funniest thing in a row. He just dips. <laughs> he just runs away. <laughs> it's just, so, yeah. yeah, you know, it is really interesting because they, they kind of hit on something here, and we won't get into much detail on it here, but trust me, it'll come back again. There's so many Elseworld alternate realities surrounding how Superman was raised. And essentially, Barry Allen or The Flash, uh, he. He's talking to people and and they're kind of commenting on ways that Superman might be. He's abandoning us or he's just going to peace out. Or He's like, no, no, no. He, there were certain things he was like, there's no way Superman would ever turn out X, Y, or Z. Yes. But at the same time, there's nature versus nurture. Right. And so he's, he's kind of like, no, there are underlying unchangeable things about this person, which is true. But at the same time, he was essentially kept, it seems, kept in a box right. for decades. Absolutely. And so there's very little nurturing, very neglectful, probably abusive environment with very little socialization. It's, yeah, he's a huge question mark. Yeah, and it, it just, it, it made me think about how sometimes the, the goals that you want to reach, when you reach them, it's not exactly what you want. You mm. thought it would be, but it isn't. Because he, Barry had it built up. All we need is Superman. Yeah. If we can get Superman, it's all going to be fine. He's going to kick ass and take names and save the day. It's going to be great. He'll help. He'll definitely help me find Reverse Flash. And they yeah. meet him, and he's like, uh, thanks for letting me out. I don't know what's going on. And he just dips. And they're back at square one again. <laughs> That's actually a really, really great point. Uh, I can't tell you the the number of times that when I'm working with people, we're we're sometimes not so much striving toward the goal itself, but trying to normalize what it's actually like. Because yeah, we do kind of get this sense of once you get to the top, right. here's all this, here's how it's gonna feel, and it's gonna be amazing, or all the relief, or here's everything that's gonna change. And I mean, sometimes that can happen, but most of the time, I mean, life keeps going. Right. And it can be a good thing, but it's not the only thing in life. You know, okay, I want this new job. Great. But then there's friendships and other relationships and where you live. And it's always something. 
there's always something. And so, yeah, how that's such a good point about how Flash was very, very tunnel vision. Yeah. This one thing will get everything straight. Superman, Superman, Superman. And yeah, goals and, and just life doesn't usually work that way. Yeah. And so life kind of came at them really fast there because they had this big grand scheme. But uh, after that, the next plan was just simply, okay, we have to stop Wonder Woman and Aquaman, Emperor Aquaman. He has a title now. Um, we have to stop him uh, from destroying the entire planet. And Bruce is like, uh-huh. Yep. We Not Bruce. Thomas. Thomas Wayne. It's like, yep. Uh-huh. We sure do. But he also has tunnel vision locked in. Yep. Like, yeah. We're going to find Reverse Flash, and we're going to figure out how to stop all of this. And Flash honestly ends up finally shaking him and being like, listen, we have to at least protect what we have. I know yeah. we have a goal that we want to meet, but we have to look after what's currently here. Yeah. And I thought that We have was... to get through this giant ending of the world situation. <laughs> right. And it, it just makes me think about how we can, like, we hyper-focus on yeah. things. And when you hyper-focus on one thing, you take all of your attention off of the other important things mm -hmm. that are around you, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I see that goals came up for you a lot with reading this, which is cool. I, I wasn't even seeing that at all, but I totally see the the themes and threads that you're talking about. Yeah. And and absolutely, you know, we can we can get hyper focused on on one thing, believe it's the end all be all, persist, persist until literally everything else falls apart. And once again, Life's more than just one thing in our lives. And so if we sacrifice everything for that one goal, it's got to be a heck of a goal right. in order for it to have been worth all the sacrifice. So where's the balance of kind of that, that pro-con? Um, what are the pros? What are the cons? What are the costs? What are the benefits? And yeah. just continuing to measure that so you don't get lost in, in the 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 one thing and the thing is when it comes to it you you hit nail on the head when it talked about the cost versus benefits because at this point everyone's basically heading over to europe for this big climactic battle and their flash is and cyborg are trying to convince as many people as possible like come help fight this battle and going back to the uh shazam kids they're just kind of sitting around like Shh, we're not going there. We remember what happened last time we tried to fight. But one of them realizes, like, takes a look at the bigger picture. It's like, listen, we might not want to do this. However, if we don't, there's not going to be anything left. Yeah. Like, sometimes you have to be that person. Even when you don't want to be, it's not in your DNA. You're not that guy. Sometimes you have to be that person. You have to be the, the hero of the story, even though it takes you 100% out of your comfort zone. None of these kids except that one was like, we should go. But they Which all realized. Me, yeah, part of me is like, 
y'all didn't realize that if the world ends, you can't just sit around watching TV? And then I'm like, Amelia, <laughs> remember you also were once a stupid preteen slash teenager. <laughs> no offense to any preteens or teenagers listening. It's no. just literally our brains don't fully develop until age 25-ish, give or take. And now, you know, me and Keaton, we're on the downward swing. So if it makes anyone feel better whose brain might not be fully developed, me and Keaton have already seen the best parts of our brains. So <laughs> you just... That yeah, makes you, one you... of us. I, <laughs> I defy science. Ah, well, there you go. And I'm, I'm in my prime. I'm in my <laughs> optimist hey, prime. I'm not saying you're not in your prime. I'm just saying that your cognitive abilities are likely not in their prime. Perfect. Those can be different things. I think I've just crushed Keaton. You didn't. You didn't. Because <laughs> okay, even, good. You, you didn't. Because, you know, in, in this day and age, we don't have to trust facts. We can look up whatever we want to on the internet that proves what we think. And I'm sure I can Google right now why being 36 is you at your peak until I turn 37, which will then be my new peak. So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to knock my milk off of my uh, my table right now. Oh, wow. Now. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's exactly where I want to be taken back to. <laughs> but yeah. So, but then of course follows, it's like a giant climactic battle and out of nowhere, my favorite petty villain, Eobard Thawne, <laughs> Reverse Flash just shows up. And he, and the big reveal is he didn't do anything at all. <laughs> and nope, he, he is innocent. He loves it. All of this was caused because Flash decided to go back in time and prevent his mother from being killed. And And so to clarify... This is not one of those occasions where one change then creates other changes. So Thawne essentially says he was he did it so clumsily. So this is theoretically in 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 this storyline it talks about this is the first time the Flash has ever decided to actually change time. But he did it so poorly that it just messed with time so much that it created reverberations. That's why we see all these things change that don't seem to really have anything to do with Barry Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it changed. And the reason the changes came is because when he didn't become the flash, it ended up affecting all of the other heroes mm -hmm. around him. The things that we do, even though it's for our own reasons, they affect everyone around us. Yep. It, Fun stuff. Yeah. That and it's yeah it it yeah this this hits like I I I got a lot out of out of this because he he has to make the decision even after talking to his mom he makes the decision he's like okay I got to go back and fix this but even then his goal is locked on fixing it but also being able to keep his mom around and his mm. mom kind of convinces him like I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I don't think you're, that's going to, that's how it quite works. And as he runs back in time to fix things, he sees several different realities. And the one that he ends up landing on is the new reality, which is mm -hmm. 
what they called the new 52 and that was in 2011 and it was a whole thing and that's when scott snyder came in and did his batman yeah. thing and a lot of good things followed but the flash really went through it and what was interesting is for some reason when he gets to this new time he still remembers mm -hmm. everything from that old time so essentially he kind of got what he wanted because even though it mm. didn't in this universe it didn't occur he still remembers all the time he spent with his mom he still remembers yeah. all of the good and wonderful times he had even though she has now gone on I've, and it just that made me think a lot about like how people are able to move on from a heavy loss like just making mm. sure to remember all the good things yeah yeah which is bittersweet yes yeah i i it's it's rough but then of course my other favorite moment though is when he did fix time flash immediately goes to the bat cave and sees that it is bruce wayne and mm -hmm. thomas wayne wrote a note for bruce oh. and oh my gosh it it's like it just it, it gets me because he's talking he's talking about how some things happen by chance and some things happen because we make them happen. And that just made me think so much about like the, the, the whole thing about goals throughout. Mm -hmm. And Thomas essentially is almost admitting the flash is a real hero and I'm mm -hmm. not because he actually went out and even though he had a haunted and messed up past, he chose to move on from it and have a family and love. And he had friends. Um, and I didn't. He said I would I had been kind of corrupted um, by my own pain. And I he he just refused to move on um, and just he had to, he, I think he says at one point he had too much blood on his hands to be called good. Um, and that he didn't feel like he had anything to live for until the day that he met the Flash. It was, it was just, it was really good. And it made, it's like one of the, yeah. one of the only moments you see Bruce Wayne actually have poignant emotions that others can observe. Yeah. He's so shaken. <laughs> like he actually yeah. like is, he's in tears and sitting down and. And so grateful. Yes. He's grateful. That's something mm -hmm. that's something you don't really see. Yeah. And so No it, snark. Yeah. It's funny because I it's I I ended up laughing at the end because even though this is a flash story, it totally got hijacked by Batman. Like you were <laughs> <laughs> Batman had me all of my feels by the end. It's like, ugh, yes. Those are our favorite stories where it's yeah. not someone else, but really Batman. But really Batman. Like <laughs> but really. Uh but yeah, and it just it's but it set up this whole this whole universe and what's interesting is i feel like the new 52 really had like a huge redemption mm. theme to it like looking at all the characters and what they're going through like because they bring back a lot of characters that we had lost whether uh due to a character being killed off and not being brought back or mm -hmm. like with bat like batgirl being back because she was no longer paralyzed anymore and so it it's it was really interesting to see how it was all how it was yeah. all set up i i absolutely 
absolutely loved loved it. And then they made an animated movie uh, animated movie out of it as well. Yeah. I need to rewatch that. Yes, but yes. Uh, and I, they're making Flashpoint. Well, they've made it, and we're waiting for it. Yeah, the Flash movie. Apparently, the Flash movie is going to take a lot of elements from Flashpoint because I know. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about that. It's like Michael Keaton's in it, right? Yeah, Michael Keaton's in it, and I think Ben Affleck is in it, and so that sounds right. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if they're trying to keep it under wraps, and Michael Keaton is actually playing Thomas Wayne. Like that'd be. Mm. that'd be interesting right who knows i'd be down for that right i'd be it'd be a lot of fun but (sighs) all right we ready for a mindful nerd moment i was about to ask you beat me to it there you go there you go i know i saw it coming (laughs) so i think you'll like this because before we started Keaton was saying oh that letter that letter that bruce reads reads at the end is great so what i was thinking we could do is a mindful nerd moment where bruce wayne is reading his father's letter and just really taking in that moment. Because sometimes, sometimes one of the tricky things is just really taking in those poignant moments in life, especially when there's a lot of pain or emotions or a lot of mixed things kind of hitting us all at once. And so just taking a a pause and uh, appreciating it for what it is. So as we always do, sitting comfortably, um, closing your eyes if you're comfortable, just because it can help you with the putting yourself in the moment. But if not, just allowing your eyes to unfocus, not looking at anything in particular. And focusing on your breath, not worrying about breathing in any particular way. Don't worry about changing it. But just noticing that feeling of breathing in and breathing out to help you focus in. And when you're ready, picture yourself in the Batcave. And you are indeed Batman. You are Bruce Wayne. You are, you're sitting there. Barry Allen has just handed you this letter, taking you completely by surprise. And you're holding the letter in your hands. The letter from your father, who you got too few, too short of years with. And you're just taking in this letter, the feel of the letter in your hands, the look of the paper, the look of your father's writing that you probably haven't seen in years. You feel a tear rolling down your face. And you allow yourself to notice all the different feelings hitting you might be sadness, grief, appreciation, gratefulness, happiness, disbelief, all these different emotions probably hitting quickly one after the other, just paying attention to them as as they go by. But also bringing yourself back to feeling that paper, looking at that paper, noticing your father's handwriting and just thanking in your mind, thanking Barry Allen, thanking, thanking the universe for allowing this moment to happen for all these, for everything that needed to happen for this letter to be in your hands and just allow yourself to feel appreciation for that moment. 
and maybe even allow a tiny little bit of a smile, a little bit of real relaxation in those shoulders that are so usually stiff and ready for the next thing, giving yourself this one break to appreciate the letter. When you're ready, just take a big deep breath in and out. One more thought of appreciation before we shift away from being Bruce Wayne. When you're ready, take a few deep breaths to help you shift from being Bruce Wayne in the Batcave back to being you where you're sitting now. As you breathe, just kind of moving around, getting used to being back where you are. And when you're ready, we'll end the podcast. How was it? I liked it. It was different from the other ones because so many times when I think about mindfulness, it's you taking time out to gather yourself in a chaotic Mm. situation. Whether Mm -hmm. as with this one, it was more of just taking a pause to appreciate things yes right it was it wasn't yeah it wasn't all oh my god i have to get control over myself as much as let's be thankful for a second yeah and then you hit the nail on the head yeah sometimes we need to be able to step back gather ourselves other times hey these moments don't always come yeah or they sometimes don't come often let's really take it in yeah I, i really did enjoy the thought of using mindfulness as like you don't have to be in a high stress situation Mm -hmm. to use it you can just take time out of your day even when you're just at home chilling or having fun and being like man i guess life can be pretty good thanks for nerding out with us i'm clinical psychologist dr amelia brown find me on social media at crafting the mind I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.